0: This is The Art of Dental Finance with Art Wiederman. Brought to you by the Academy of Dental CPAs. Whether it's taxes, investing, or planning wisely, art is your guide to make your dental practice as profitable as possible. Here's your host, Dental CPA Art Wiederman. And hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of The Art of Dental Finance with Art Wiederman, CPA. Welcome to my podcast. It's a pleasure to have you on today, and uh, I want to let you know that um, uh, we've been doing this podcast now for over a year, and every week that I uh, record this podcast, whether I'm doing one on my own or as today, you'll meet one of my dear friends in the dental profession who I've worked with for 20, 25 years I should keep a a spreadsheet of how long I've worked with everybody. I always say I've worked with somebody for 25 or 30 years, and it it does feel that way. But um, my guest today I've known for a long, long time, and she's as good as it gets. Um, But um, uh, I am uh, a dental-specific CPA located in Southern California. Uh, We work with about 250 practices in Southern California, Um, about 250 dentists, about 175 practices, and we're, we're growing, which is nice. And um, I am also a, a proud member of the Academy of Dental CPAs. And through this journey, you've met several of my friends, and you'll meet some more as we go down the road. Uh, the Academy of Dental CPAs is a group of 24 CPA firms across the United States that represent about 9,000 dentists. And I know every one of these members very well. I'm proud to call all of them my friends uh, I've visited them. They've visited me in Southern California. Uh, and the knowledge that is in the room that w- when we meet twice a year is quite frankly frightening. Uh, it's uh, Think about going to the highest level dental continuing education course that you can think of and having the top dentists in the world in that room. And that's what it is when we work with the Academy of Dental CPA. So let me give you a little information first, I'm going to give you then a quick tax tip, and then you'll meet my my friend, Terry McEvaney, who's a, um, a dental management consultant, advisor, coach, um, uh, all of those things, actually. Uh, so let me give you some information. Uh, my phone number in Tustin is 714-259-0505 if you want to call my office. Uh, our website is www.hmwccpa.com. And we have all of the podcasts. I think this is going to be number 58 or 59. And uh, we have all the podcasts on there. So if you want to listen to any of the podcasts that we have recorded, go to our website. Again, www.hmwccpa.com. Go to the resources tab. And then go to podcasts and you can scroll down and pick any one you want. If you, Again, if you're looking for a member of the Academy of Dental CPAs, Go to our website at www.adcpa.org. And if you want to send me an email, send me an email at artwiederman, that's A-R-T-W-I-E-D-E-R-M-A-N at gmail.com. Now, the state of New York, I might've mentioned this once or twice, the state of New York did spell my name wrong on my birth certificate. So if you send it to W-E-I, well, it might go to somewhere in New York, but it won't get to me. So it's W-I-E, I I guess I before E Well, I do numbers. I don't do letters. What can I tell you? So let's start off with a quick tax tip today. Uh, I had mentioned in a previous program that on December 19th of 2019, Congress passed the SECURE Act. And in the SECURE Act, we talked the last time about the fact that the required minimum distribution age, if you turn 70 and a half after December 31 of 2019, has been raised from 70 and a half to 72 one of the things I did not mention uh, as part of this Secure Act is that if you are working and you don't have a retirement plan, the rule used to be that once you reached age 70 and a half, you were not allowed to make a deductible contribution to your individual retirement account, which is $5,000 a year, plus if you're over 50, an extra 1000 So it's, uh, uh, I mean, I'm sorry, uh, yeah, $6,000. So now with the SECURE Act, what it allows you to do is if you are working, so let's say you've sold your practice and now you're over 70 and a half and you're not part of a retirement plan, but you want to save some money for retirement or you want to reduce your tax bill. Before, if you were getting paid as a W-2 employee, you could not put money into a deductible IRA. Now you can. Um, So actually, it's it's actually now that I think about it, it's $6,000 and $1,000 for the catch-up so you can do that starting um, with the 2020 year. So that's my tax tip for the day. So today, my guest is my very good friend, Terry McEvaney. Uh Terry has a company called Mac Concepts. She is a practice management advisor. Uh, she's been in the profession for 35 years, which I guess that means she and I started right around the same time because I started in 1984. Um, She's been an RDA, a practice manager, a marketing consultant. Uh, She's been involved in software sales practice uh, consulting. She founded her company in 2006, and we're going to let her talk about her new platform launch, uh, which is launching this year called Smart Start Dental. So my good friend, Terry McAvaney, welcome to the Art of Dental Finance.
1: Thank you so much, Art, for having me on your podcast. I'm a huge fan of this. I've listened to several of your podcasts, and I've also directed many of my clients to your podcast. It's it's uh, so informative. I really thank you, uh, certainly for my opportunity for being on board today as well.
0: Well, you're very, very kind. And Terry and I have lectured. We have shared the stage dozens of times, probably, I think.
1: Yes, we sure have. It's been great fun.
0: And we have a great time. And and Terry and I do a lot of lecturing on um, a lot of, I hate the word lecturing, a lot of teaching, we'll call it, Terry. Uh, we do a lot of teaching on, um, uh, transitions, which we're going to touch on today. But our topic today, because Terry is such a wealth of knowledge in, in everything having to do with helping dentists to be more efficient and more profitable. And uh, today we're going to talk about how to convert a new patient, um, when they call. Now I'm going to tell you this, folks. Um, <laughs> I get this from my clients all the time. I'm not doing well. I'm not making money. I need new patients. Well, that's great. So then they go out and they spend forty thousand dollars hiring a marketing company. And Terry and I, Terry, you and I both know there's a lot of great marketing companies out there, right? Certainly. Yeah. So there's a lot of great marketing companies. So they they hire them, and the marketing company's job is to make the phone ring. So that's great, but then what happens after the phone rings? If I don't have the right communication skills with the person on the, on the other end of the phone on, on the person with the person on the other end of the phone from my front office, I could get a thousand new patient calls every single month. And if I can't convert them into patients and get them to come into the office, I've wasted my $40,000. So we're going to talk about specific skills on that. And today we're also going to talk about some specific skills when you buy a practice. And there's a brand new doctor. And so we're going to get into that too. So this is, this is about communication skills today in converting new patients. I think it is so, so important because it's so competitive out there. And every new patient that calls the office, we want to get them and we want to get them in. So let's start off, Terry. Give us a little bit of a history of, of, you know, how you got to where you are today. Uh, a little bit about your career and, and, and what you do in your in your uh, advisory and coaching business?
1: Yes, absolutely. Thank you for this opportunity again. So, Art, you know, what I really wanted to share with the audience today is, you know, practice management, coaching or consulting or advising, however you want to phrase it, uh, it's really a magnificent opportunity, but there's so many things involved in that opportunity. A lot of doctors are concerned about costs, concerned about other things. But it's really, for me, this is more about setting some frameworks for their practices. Uh, They spend years and years studying and and advancing their careers. And a lot of it kind of falls on the front office if they're not trained. Um, So those are some of the things that I focus on, having come from that. I mean, that's really my wheelhouse, so to speak. I grew up in this environment at a very young age, um, I actually was in the dental field in the clinical aspect, so I was an RDA for many years. Like, Again, I just grew up in this, so it's it's been an interesting ride. One of the things that really launched my career into a different level was just learning so many uh, areas of need in the practice. So one of the things that I did as I stayed in practices, managed managed practices, and and moved on to other areas within the industry. I had a really, just a great hands-on experience about learning of what needs are, are so important in the dental practice. So one of the things that I did is is really launched my career going out in the field, learning more about it. One of those uh, stops along my career path was working with a marketing company. Um, I learned the tremendous value of a system that is one of the weakest that I find, quite honestly, when I evaluate practices. And having learned these practices, I find that weakness there as well. So, one of the things that, that uh, I really wanted to spend time on is learning a way to maximize all the opportunity on an operational standpoint. So, even though I focused heavily in 2006 when I started MAC Concepts on the transition end, that was just a need I saw as well as these young doctors are out there trying to learn their, you know, and, and have a course of action. Um, I spent a lot of time in that area of transition. However, part of the transition is really learning more about the systems and how they work. And that weakest system is indeed marketing one of them. There's probably two or three of them that I generally find as kind of that weak point that we can help navigate our way through and maximize, which really translates into higher profit.
0: So let's get into the discussion, Terry. I mean, maybe we start off with... Uh, just kind of an overview, I don't want to spend a lot of time on this, On since you have such a marketing background and a great coaching background, what do you find the most successful marketing techniques that dentists are using today?
1: Well, I actually think it's a combination, and and this is why I thought this topic was very important for us to discuss today with the audience, is that there are so many ways to get the phone to ring, and that's what you had already mentioned earlier, so what I do think the presence is so key today is having, first of all, a good website. I still see terrible websites out there, and people just don't respond to them. Some of them really don't even have the functionality to be able to be seen through other means. Um, and I'm certainly no expert on, on marketing itself, SEO, and all those other things, the search engine optimization. I'm not an expert on that, but I've spent a lot of time over the past year, especially learning more and more ways of uh, helping my own clients. So for for sure, I think the most important thing is to have that presence. Um, Google obviously drives a lot of, of the activity in our world. So having some of that set up properly. So I would say it's a combination and, and I never say it's one, one actual course of action. I like to have multiple campaigns. I agree. Can't you, can't, mm-hmm.
0: So, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So, that that that's a great start to our conversation. So let's start off. We get we get a great marketing company, we get a great marketing plan, we do all the right things, we hit it from all angles, and you do need to hit it from all angles, folks. And now the phone rings. So the first thing Terry talk about different types of callers, how you differentiate them, their motivation and stuff like that. Let's start the conversation there.
1: Right. And, and our, this is a really pivotal part of making sure that you can convert a caller to a patient's the record. So this is really some of the steps I'm going to share with you today is the key steps of new patient conversion. We often think, okay, well, now that we've got our marketing in place, okay, regardless of what that campaign may look like, whether it's a direct mail, whether it's media generated, whether it's through the internet, through Google, whatever, uh, it's going to come in, that call is going to come in, and what you do with it is everything. So what you have to think about is identifying the different types of callers in a sense of what their interests are or what their needs are. Sometimes we think of that, so, oh, they're just calling because they want an appointment. Make no mistake, they might want the appointment or need the appointment, but this is not really a place where they want to be, at least for a good portion of the population. So what I mean by differentiating the type of callers, there's different motivation in that. Um, teams will say, oh, gosh, I just had a shopper call. Well, they think that of that is a negative call. That's generally how I qualify that call as somebody that may not have a great dental history, that may have a lot of fear involved. Uh, so they back up a little bit. So they start asking questions. They're not generally so interested in, hey, I want to know what a fee is for a crown. They might have an interest in that. That might not be the number one reason. So identifying if there's any roadblock in the call is kind of where I start. So that's differentiating. If you have an objection, then you're going to say, okay, I might qualify this caller as somebody that might not want to come in right away that has a poor dental history they might be deemed as maybe somebody that's more of a procrastinator or a high fear patient okay so i kind of start with that so let's just call them somebody that is more of a procrastinator okay so might maybe excuse driven too so that's one caller the the other caller is probably going to be a straightforward caller they're going to say hey found you from um, Google, found you from my friend, uh, Art Wiederman, and I thought I'd call. I just moved to the area. I'm calling because I need my six-month cleaning, checkup, et cetera. Okay, so that might be somebody that stays on more of a preventive measure. There's somebody that is really maybe like you or not, that sees a dentist regularly, and they're just trying to stay on track, okay, so they had a referral. That's an easy caller, and that's what we expect everybody to be. The only other caller that I would differentiate here is somebody that might be calling that has some type of emergency. Okay. So those are pretty easy callers to convert as well. So as we look at the three t- different types of callers, you know, somebody that's on a kind of preventive measure, uh, they're going to call, they're going to set the appointment. They're usually pretty easy to get in as long as they have some trust factor already built in. And that might be a patient referral uh, from a friend, family member, et cetera. An emergency generally finds you, depends on how they find you, but an emergency call is usually pretty easy to get into emergency appointments, easy to schedule. It's the one that we focus, we should focus on, which is that one that might not be um, somebody that has a great dental history, that procrastinate or excuse driven person is what I call them. That's the one that we want to pull in. This is also the one, if you don't do the magic in the new patient conversion call, you're generally not going to bring them in. They might get to the end and say, okay, yes, I've got the appointment scheduled. If you've scheduled them out in a week, good chance that they might not show up. So one thing that, that I always point on, when I evaluate practices, I can see a lot of new patients coming in, but often see a back door. This is part of what I'm, I'm referencing here. You might get a patient to, to schedule, but they're not a patient of record until they actually come in. So this is the one caller that we need to spend more time on. I actually love shopper calls. People are probably shaking their heads, especially front office people when they hear that because they go, oh, they're flakes or they're just people, you know, they're too hard. They don't come in. They don't want to really come in. Well, that may be true to some extent, but it's usually based on fear. So So, that's kind of how I start.
0: So Terry, isn't it true that, you know, it's like when someone comes into my office and they say, well, I want, I've heard you're a good CPA. They don't understand, and it's, it's not dentists, it's anybody. They don't understand the intricacies of what we do. They don't understand the tax law. They don't understand how CPAs charge versus how dentists charge for, for their fees. So uh, isn't a lot of this education for the patient, for the new patient?
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and what they don't know is they don't really understand what this practice is like versus another one that they've been to. And this is really one of the uh, most important aspects of the training that I do for new patient conversion is what they don't, I don't want the team to assume that this particular caller is like a a preventive person. Somebody that's calling just wants their cleaning. We have to differentiate before we know where to take this call. So in other words, somebody that has a poor dental history, it's imperative for you or for the team to be able to say, oh, okay, you know, let me ask a few questions so I can identify who I have, but then let me share some things that are going to bring down that fear level. And that's the, that's actually the key point right there. If I have somebody that automatically says, well, I'm just calling because I want to know how much you charge for a cleaning. You can probably be rest assured or make that assumption that you might not have somebody that is comfortable coming in and there might be some roadblocks and that's where I, I kind of break down the call.
0: So let's, let's, okay, so. L- l- let's let do a little bit of that. Okay. Okay. So somebody call, I, I call up the office and I, and I say uh, I'm a shopper. Okay. So I need my cleaning done. Um, Dr. McAvaney. I've heard you've got a great office, What what do you charge for a prophy? What do you charge for cleaning? First thing out of their uh-huh. mouth.
1: Yeah. Well, thank you so much for calling today. I'm so sorry. I did not get your name.
0: Uh, my name is Art.
1: Art, thanks again for calling. I'd love to be able to answer that question. If you don't mind, do you mind if I ask you a couple questions before I get to that answer? Sure. Okay. So so let me kind of stop there. And and what I mean by, by starting out with getting your name, you can't build a relationship until you get somebody's name. And you saw that I dodged the the actual answer. Most people say we don't quote fees or, or I give you a fee of $95 or something like that. So that doesn't really get us too far down the road. Now, does it? There's really no relationship. This is kind of what I referenced. Uh, first of all, to two other points is you really have to listen with intent. So that's what I was doing. I was listening to what you were calling about and then I heard very clearly that you just wanted to know what the fee was. So that tells me that I have a little work to do here. I need to qualify you further, in other words. So this is where I'm going to lead into a different communication pattern, more of a healer versus dealer. So what I mean by that, when I say, Art, I'd like to ask you a couple questions, if you don't mind. Generally, when I ask somebody that, they never say no. I can tell you I've done this thousands of times and they never say no they're going to say okay sure and and so that's kind of getting in the driver's seat and then qualifying the call a little bit more so as i'm asking that question i'm going to now be more the healer rather than the dealer the dealer is going to say it's 95 dollars, or we don't vote fees of the phone okay does that make sense two sure. different forms of communication
0: that, that okay, does make so sense
1: like, yeah so art if you don't mind me asking you know has it when was the last time you had your teeth professionally cleaned?
0: Uh, it's been a couple of years, Dr. McAveney.
1: Okay. well, so art um, I'd like to ask you, have you noticed is there anything that is uh, occurring when you brush your teeth? Is there anything uh, that you have found to be of discomfort, any inflammation? Have you recognized anything like that in the over the past few years?
0: Um, every once in a while, my gums bleed a little bit.
1: Okay. Well, again, not too uncommon. So, you know, it sounds like based on what you've just described, it sounds like I know that uh, uh, Dr. McAdeney would certainly want to see you. What we like to do is actually uh, get to know you a little bit. We can go ahead and have a uh, appointment schedule. We do a very thorough examination. Probably it'll be very different than what you're used to experiencing. And then we'll determine what type of screening is necessary. But first and foremost, I want to make sure that we do take care of that cleaning. We will be able to qualify the certain, certainly the type of cleaning that's necessary for you. Um, but before we get into that, I'd certainly like to share a little bit more about our practice. Okay. So then I might roll into endorsing with the practice a little bit. So, so here's kind of the course of the call. So first of all, I start out, these are the key steps. So I start out by getting a name. Okay, And I want to use your name throughout the call because that means that I'm listening and I recognize you. I'm not saying at they had, Oh, what was your name? I'm basically building my relationship by using your name. Okay. Um, one thing that I might stop and ask is, Oh, you know what, Art, I'd love to hear how you found out about our practice. Okay. So that's generally another stopping point. Um, I've determined your need. You said you needed a cleaning, or at least that's what you assumed. Now, what I also communicated was to find out a little bit more to qualify that cleaning. So what I did ask you is a little bit more, have you noticed any discomfort, anything that's different about your gums, anything like that. So what I did hear you say is that you have some bleeding on occasion. So this is my thought, okay, well, I believe that this may be more than a proceed. We might be into something periodontal um, of nature. So the other part that I was getting ready, Roland, is, is the endorsement. I want to share a little bit more about the practice because I want to find out why it's been a couple of years. I want to make sure that I eliminate or bring down any barrier as to why it's been a couple of years. Okay. So I'm just kind of covering myself and more of a safety net to share a little bit more about you. So I might say our, you know, our practice is, is fabulous. Our patients absolutely love it here. Um, our patients are family in this practice. And, And we get to know them on a personal level. So I think you'll find this to be a fantastic um, fit for you. And then um, what I want to make sure is I have then targeted what your call was all about. You know, I'm certainly happy to schedule an opportunity for you to meet Dr. McIverning. She's going to go over all of uh, your treatment needs, answer any questions you have. And, of course, nothing's ever done without your permission. And then we'll be able to move forward and get your teeth uh, properly cleaned and uh looking forward to that so i'd love to offer an opportunity in fact i had something that just could available tomorrow um at 10 or 2 which is best for you and then i might go ahead and give you a couple different options because i don't want yes or no answers okay so at this point let's say that the questions are answered um then i'm going to tie the bill on the package is what i call it and so art i reserve tomorrow at two o'clock just for you And I'm really looking forward to meeting you in person when you come in. I'd like to personally greet you. My name is Terry. And uh, I'm going to look forward to introducing you to Dr. McIverney and the rest of the team.
0: Oh, that's that's fantastic, Terry. Okay, so Terry, so we talked about the situation where the patient calls and wants to know know how much the fee is. Let's take a different tact on that, Terry. Let's say that the patient says, first thing out of their mouth is, do you take my insurance? How does that answer uh, change the way you train your offices?
1: Right. So there's a, a couple of things to think about. I'm going to use the best example of a practice that, let's say, is just UCR. I mean, a lot of them have PPOs and they answer the question, yes, we accept, you know, whichever insurance carrier it is. So let's say it's a practice that doesn't happen to um, contract. I should say, not accept contract with a particular insurance carrier. So let's use that scenario because that kind of changes things. Okay. So if the patient calls in and they say, do you take my insurance? The best thing to say is we always avoid answers like no, um, I don't know, uh, we don't. We always want to put it on a positive cycle um, because it might not be the only uh, reason why that patient called in. Okay, So let's kind of take it from that reference. So let's say the true answer is no, we don't, um, we, we don't contract with that particular carrier. So what I really like to say is we happily accept all insurance plans that allow you to choose your dentist. Okay. So that qualifies whether it's a PPO plan. Let's say it's an HMO. It's a different scenario. So I'm going to go with this one. Um, so if they say, well, oh, okay. Well, um, so what does that mean? So, what I like to say is, well, we are considered an unrestricted provider. What that simply means is that uh, we apply any reimbursement from the insurance carrier towards your treatment. And <clears throat> so that particular answer art is the best answer because what it signifies is you have to accept it. I mean, if it is a PPO plan, we do accept the insurance. A lot of offices make the mistake and say, oh, we're an out-of-network provider. Notice I use unrestricted provider. So if they hear unrestricted, it's going to generally pose a question. And I want it to. So I want them to say, well, what do you mean by unrestricted provider? Because as soon as they hear out of network, if, if the front office is to answer out of network, they're probably going to get hung up on. Right. They're going all, all to shut down the communication. So, so what I like to say, well, let me explain what unrestricted provider means. Because this is how you determine, how you qualify, why you don't want to be on these plans. And this is obviously something you and I have talked about, a lot of people are talking about, we're trying to get away from being so dependent on insurance, uh, reimbursements that are incredibly low. So what we say is, you know, yeah, let me explain the unrestricted provider. Typically what we find, and and this is kind of a, a continuum in this market, that insurance is a great assistance, however what we're finding is these insurance carriers are putting such restrictions on the type of care that we're able to provide. Our practice will not minimize uh, the need of a patient's of a patient's care, nor will we reduce our costs uh, on the patient, meaning using materials that might be substandard or not using the quality really that we're used to uh, utilizing in our practice. I mean, we care for our patients as if they were family. So some of these some of these uh, plans are just so restrictive that we just don't find that something that we're comfortable contracting.
0: And Terry, I think what that does is that yeah. that separates the patient who says, I just care about my insurance taking this. I don't want to pay out of pocket versus the patient who says, oh, so you're really about quality and you really want to use the best materials and you want to really take good care of me. Maybe the insurance is not as important. Doesn't it differentiate those two things?
1: It absolutely does. And that's exactly why I use an unfamiliar phrase, unrestricted provider. Unrestricted because,
0: provider. I love that.
1: Yeah, it's very different. And and my teams, when they hear that, they go, Oh, what does that mean? I said, exactly. <laughs> so I want you to think about that. This is where people start listening differently to the conversation because we don't really get a chance when we say, Oh, we're that we um, are out of network, automatically they know, to them, the patient, uh, their understanding is it's going to cost more. So we want a chance to explain the cost differentiator between contract versus no contract, meaning obviously um, uh, unrestricted provider or slash um, non-participant, so out of network. So that's where I really want to qualify this, because you can also lead into saying sometimes What we have also found is there really, if we say, oh, well, that might mean a little more cost. So in some cases, it does mean that. However, we have found also that that's not always the case. There are some procedures that it's paid very similarly uh, to the insurance reimbursement. So it depends on how savvy uh, or how informed the patient is on their insurance, which, you know, lo and behold, it's not always the case.
0: No, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So backing it up to it, it also it gives you a little bit of an idea where that patient comes from. If they're, if they're coming from, as we started the uh, initial part, is you know, what where's that referral coming from? If, if, it's, if it's already a patient of record or a family member or friend, this isn't really that difficult of a conversation,
0: right? Yep. no, I, I get it. Let, let's go into this a little more. You you, you, and I have talked about listening with intent and their agenda versus your agenda. Talk about that a little bit.
1: Sure. So when we start out a call, a lot of times, and this is this is a training issue in offices, most of the time there's generally a form or something that somebody has memorized in the front office. So if new patient calls, this is your task. This is what you basically write down on the sheet of paper. So they follow it. What is your name? Or they might even get the name later. They're just finding out what you want. And so their agenda is to follow a, a task sheet. And so those tasks are basically, what is your name? What insurance do you have? What is your address? It, it, or whatever information I'm getting. Okay. So I generally like to wait for the latter part to, to get that information. My whole goal is to get their agenda, and that's how you're going to qualify the call. So what I mean by, you know, your agenda versus theirs, your agenda is just to take information. So I want to find out a little bit more about their agenda. So their agenda means, just like we walked through your call, tell me a little bit about your dental history, really. So tell me, are the last time you saw a dentist or you had your teeth professionally cleaned, right. that's working on the patient agenda, not yours. Your agenda is taking tasks and getting information that's never going to get you through uh, building a relationship. Or really qualifying that caller to find out what barriers you need to bring down, what you need to insert in the call so that you get the best results, which means not only getting a patient on the book, scheduling them, but actually having them show.
0: And, and you know, Terry, one of the things that I've learned, I I think I'm I'm sure I've told you this. I started my career as the director of the financial services division of the Pride at that time was Pacific Institute. Jim Pride, Phil Whitner, and all the consultants that are all over the country, and what they teach you and what I've, I've learned from you and, and, and all my other friends in the industry is that the more you talk about how good your dental office is and how good this is and how good to, what we do, the, the less likelihood you're going to be successful as opposed to listening and, and showing that patient, you want to hear about them. You want to hear about their problems. You want to understand what they're doing. Is, is that accurate?
1: Absolutely,
0: that's everything, really. That that is that is everything. So I want to take a second, Terry, before we move. Um, well, let, let me do this. Let, let's let's cover one more area, and then I want you to give out your contact information and talk a little bit about your um, um, uh, your new uh, Smart Start Dental program. Talk about how on this phone call we're going to advocate for the doctor and the dental team.
1: Right. So what we really don't do, uh, quite honestly in most dental practices, we don't share enough about the team, um, and the doctor. So, you know, again, it's kind of like that agenda of taking down the information. I like to insert something that makes them feel like they're going to have some connection. So in, in other words, this is where I like to connect and to exceed some expectations. And the only way you're going to do that is I would say, our you know, I'd love the opportunity to share a little bit more about our practice. First of all, starting out with Dr. McInerney, she's amazing. Uh, our patients absolutely love how she takes her time, gets to know her patients. It's really about a relationship um, in, in uh, our practice and our philosophy. And the team is just incredibly skilled. And, and that's very important to us, provide the type of care uh, that our patients really deserve. So if you're inserting something like that, wouldn't you feel a little bit different um, if you've had a poor experience where somebody was a dealer on the phone and said, okay, when you come in, what insurance do you have? Basically, when do you want to come in? Can you pay for it? And um, that's about it.
0: So there's, a, there's a, a a series of TV commercials. I don't remember the name of the company, but there's a series of – oh, oh it's, I think it's AT&T where they, they're showing commercials about – um, well, he's okay. Well, okay is not just okay is not okay, right? Right, right. I, I mean, that's what that's what this is about. So, so ladies and gentlemen, I, I, I want to encourage you on this particular podcast to listen to it several times because what you've just gotten in the first part of our podcast, and we're not done yet, um, is you've gotten a mini course on verbal skills for your dental front office administrator or whoever answers the phone on how to convert a new patient call into a new patient because until you get them into the office it's just a phone call so i've known terry McAvaney for 20 25 30 years um she is very professional very much an advocate for her clients Um, she's very, very good at what she does. Uh, the next part of what we're going to talk about here in a minute, once we give out her information is going to be, if you buy a practice or even bring in a new associate, what are the verbal skills? So we're going to get to that. That's one of her things that she does in her wheelhouse. But Terry, um, first of all, talk about your, the, the, the new, um, smart start dental that you're launching this year. Yes. I'm so excited.
1: Um, smart start, let me kind of, Back up a few steps and and share with you why this platform was launched. Um, because there's such a broad, uh, I guess, service, uh, broad service scope that I provide, and, and being in this industry, learning so much about different people and advisors, such as yourself, I wanted to create a hub for dentists to come into a platform where they're going to have an opportunity to either get connected. Uh, through various people in the industry, Um, obviously even myself through different services that I provide. But what this is is a platform to help get smart advice for doctors. So whether it's in the beginning stages, it's really from start to finish. So, So that's generally what I'm looking for is doctors to say, hey, I have a question about this and I'm just starting out. Or I have a question about this and I'm actually for the, you know, exit strategy part of my career. I want them to be able to come to a uh, platform or a site and be able to say, where can I get my questions answered? And if they're answers that I have, I have the best of the best um, advisors around me. um, You being one of them, of course, and and many other people out there that I can say, Hey, I want you to be able to connect with this person. So what you'll see on the website, and it's, just getting uh, finished up very very soon it's there but we're just fine-tuning a few things okay. but what we're going to do is have, have have advisors that are able to be vetted through this but primarily being able to say okay where are we at this part of my career and where do we need to go so yeah. even even for something that we just did here I mean, you can call in and and we could create you know a training piece for just one module of training so it's Absolutely everything that you can imagine, you, at least you can start here and be directed or obviously go through some service that we offer at Smart Start.
0: So, Terry, go ahead and give out, how, how can folks get a hold of you if they want to talk to you uh, about uh, some of their needs?
1: Absolutely. So, the easiest way, and, and I'm very, very much likely just walk through this uh, whole um, agenda and the whole call for, for uh, conversion for a new patients. Um, it, it's all about the relationship for me. So I will give out my uh, cell phone number It's 760-975-8770. Um, I will generally get back to somebody within a 24-hour period. Um, I also have two sites uh, that you can reach me at via website. Uh, one of them is MAC Concepts, and it's M-A-K, so it's M-A-K is in kite, Concepts. So it's uh, Matt Concepts, Carry at Matt And then uh, it's carry at Smart Start and, So those are the other two platforms.
0: And, and ladies and gentlemen, when you go onto our website at www.hmwccpa.com and you go on to the the um, uh, resources tab and you go to podcasts, all of our podcasts in there are there, including you'll be able to uh see the information about Terry's podcast, which will also have all of her contact information if you weren't able to get it uh get it here so terry uh let let's let's change gears a little bit and let's talk about transitions, which is one of your wheelhouses i'm a dental practice broker uh and in a dental practice sales situation uh doctors bring in someone like yourself to evaluate the the um, the management charts and go through the Dentrex or the Eagle Soft or the Open Dental or whatever they got. That's not what we're talking about mm-hmm. today. So, um, you know, talk a little bit about what you do just, just briefly in that process. So, doctors, if you need someone to go in and evaluate, and Terry works nationwide, um, you're buying mm-hmm. a practice. I, I mean, I have seen the thoroughness and the checklist that she uses when she does this and she's as good as it gets. So talk a little bit about that and how you got into transitions, and then we'll get into some specifics on, you know, how do we train uh, the the front office on the new doctor that's buying the practice?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So one of the reasons why um, my career kind of ventured into the transition arena, um, I really found a need for representation, particularly on the buyer side. Uh, I certainly think that sellers definitely need to prepare their practice for sale. And and you know that one very well. Yeah. But on the buyer side, I found that because these doctors are generally, um, they're typically the younger doctors that have been associates for a short period of time. So the experience isn't there. And, And what really jumped out at me was when I first started working in the transition world, um, the one thing that always jumped out at me and still does to this day is the doctors are always saying there's a nervous nervousness about them and, and, and fear that wow, this is my first, you know, this is the first time I've purchased a practice. I'm I'm unfamiliar with this territory. And I think that's what really drove me into wanting to provide this service and really wanting to walk doctors through that. Um, as I already mentioned, it's kind of a personal uh, quest and, and there's a lot of emotion involved in it, so I feel pretty passionate about helping uh, this group of dentists kind of navigate their way through all the unknown. And there is a tremendous amount of unknown, and and also art. It's it's never the same, even though we kind of treat things. Oh, this is what you do here. Follow this checklist or that. It's not always the same. The circumstances change. Um, the emotions different in each one. Uh, the teams are different. There's many things uh, that fall into transition. So it's it's kind of a moving target, really. Yeah, And I think that's uh, one of the things I actually like about it, uh, going into transition. Uh,
0: okay. So, again, we, we can spend a whole program on, on what you look at and everything. But I want to focus the rest of our time, Terry, on the verbal skills to make sure that that patient gets in and sees the new doctor. So what happens normally, folks, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, Terry, The patient will generally get a letter, and it'll say, after 38 years, Dr. Wiederman with a heavy heart is retiring, and now Dr. McEvaney is our new wonderful doctor, and we make sure that that letter is really positive and everything. So then Mrs. Smith, who has an appointment, in two weeks calls up and says uh, to Susie, and again, (laughs) I pick on poor Susie every podcast, no matter what I'm talking about, Susie's, Susie's my person, Right. So, Susie, uh this is this is Mrs. Jones. I just got this letter. What the heck is going on? You know? Right. So so how do we how do we help make sure that that goodwill that that young doctor just paid hundreds of thousands, maybe even over a million dollars for or more, um that those patients continue to come to the practice. So start that conversation.
1: Absolutely. So this is where preparation is so important. So let me back up a step and say that generally by the time that call happens, now, if you're doing it on your own, then it's kind of like, well, let's, let's figure out what to say. You know, we're, we're winging it. But with my involvement, what I normally like to do is we, I take a look at the endorsement letter. Okay. And that's truly what it is. When, when the letter goes out, as you know, you already kind of stated some of the content. So, what we're looking for is the endorsement and the reason why this doctor's decided to sell. So we'll go off kind of our typical scenario, which is generally a retirement. Um, so we follow the course of the uh, content of the letter. So what I generally do is a letter is always in the office because there's a period of time where some of the patients may or may not have received the letter, okay? Because if it's patients that are coming in right after they closed, they probably haven't received it. So I have some in the front office. And then the team is generally trained to now be prepared for this uh, interaction communication. So let's say that they have not received the letter. Okay, that's always the most awkward part for the team. So what the team is really kind of rehearsed at saying is, oh, Mrs. Jones, we have some really exciting news. Let's say they've walked in the door. We have some exciting news today. Um, Dr. Wiederman has decided to retire uh while we're of course sad to see that we're super excited to introduce you to his predecessor and I do want to share with you that Dr. Wiederman took a long time finding a doctor to carry on his legacy but also find the same philosophy in treating patients and we are absolutely thrilled to be able to introduce you to Dr. Macavney today you're going to absolutely love her
0: yep and that, and and the thing that when I sell practices Terry we mm-hmm. we tell the dental team, we don't tell the dental team of the sale generally until the purchase and sales agreement and the lease is signed if they're not right. buying the building. Once that's done, that buying doctor is pretty darn committed. And then we like to take a week. And I would encourage any of you young doctors that are looking at buying practices is, You want to close the the dental team needs to know, um, about a week before. That's my opinion. And, and if they know, then what they, what I like to have them do is let's say we're going to, we're going to have the new doctor take over on a Monday. We shut the office down, maybe Thursday, Friday. And what we do is we call the patients of record for the coming week who probably aren't going to get that letter. Because the letter doesn't go out until the money's in the bank, so we call them and we say, uh, and, and we go through what Terry just was talking about, so that we try and mitigate that. I, I'm sure Terry, you see situations where that doesn't happen, right? Yeah,
1: sometimes it's, it's not even a week preparation.
0: Sometimes it's there's no preparation. preparation. Sometimes they close the deal and they don't tell the team till after the deal is closed. While that's much safer for the seller, that creates. Um, you know, a, a, a problem in the transition. So we're not going to go, go, go down that road. So, um, you know, so we talked about what is the team going to say. So what about, you know, you know, people that are preparing and they're, they're getting ready and we get right down to the end. What are some, are there any other verbal skills? Um, you know, what if the patient, what if there's objections? Well wait a minute, you should have called me and, and, and i'm not a, I'm not happy that I wasn't told about that do, do, do we get that sometimes?
1: We do luckily, it's not that frequent um, but these are all what I do is I walk through several situations that being run, and generally what we share is that there's a a process um, and even if we need to throw in there's a legal process in which. Uh, these transitions go through. And until these are finalized, it's not in in the doctor's best interest to share that with anybody. And so sometimes we don't have the amount of time that we would prefer to have. So sometimes it's just part of the process, regardless of if you throw in anything legal on that. But you basically say because of the process, it, it does require us to wait to a certain point. And this is, you know, obviously something that we wish we could take more time and prepare our patients. However, we just kind of flip that and say, you know, but we're super excited. We knew this was part of, you know, owning a business There's a retirement at some point in time. So the good news is that, you know, doctor would never bring somebody, uh, you know, Dr. Wiedemann would never bring a doctor in that wasn't qualified, uh, that he didn't feel was going to take great care of his patients. And that's really what we call the trust transfer got to be transferred over and those verbal skills are key but if a team is unprepared they stumble they fumble with their words and they don't know what to say and it doesn't you know really give that trust transfer any opportunity that's why it's so critical
0: Terry talk about now that's obviously the front office uh, administrator who's on the phone is the first line of defense talking to that patient because every patient is a new patient for that buyer. How how do we have the uh the dental assistants and the hygienists, uh, treatment coordinator, et cetera, how do they have to communicate with new patients? Um, any advice on that when there's a transition?
1: Yeah, well one of the things that I think is, is paramount in, in preparing is what we don't want is we, we don't want any uh surprises, meaning We want to somehow go through the standard of care, regardless of if it's exactly the same or not. I like the teams to understand, this is something I usually do in the kickoff meeting, is I want you to understand this doctor's philosophy, uh, whether it's exactly the same, or maybe we've got you know, somebody that wants to do something slightly different. We want to go through all that in advance. So they're not going to answer again with, oh, I don't know yet. Or, oh, gosh, I I don't know what Dr. Wiederman wants. I want them to be prepared as to the best of their ability as to what this doctor's philosophy, uh, what we're going to do today is this. Uh, I want that first and foremost. But it's also about going through the doctor's background. So they're able to, again, mitigate any of the questions. You know, what we have found with uh, Dr. Wiederman is he is extremely thorough uh, we're really excited. she has got a great background in A, B, or C. So it's really about just, again, giving them some dialogue options as to endorse that doctor coming in. And and I do want to share the word that I always make sure that teams don't say, and that's new doctor. Right. Because what do you think when you hear new doctor?
0: Uh, uh, um, uh, you think all kinds of things.
1: Yeah, Exactly.
0: He's, he's brand new. She's brand new. She's never been a dentist before. You know, I mean, I, I would associate new doctor, meaning, so does that mean they just graduated? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So uh, I
1: don't want them to even go down that path of thinking, Oh, we got a newbie in here. Somebody that's not skilled. That's where I go with it. And, and that's why I say, let me share more about our fantastic dentist, you know, and then that's where you go. You just have to avoid saying new. So, it's hard because it's communication Oh, somebody new. And that's the same thing with an associate, um, bringing in an associate or anybody else. We don't want to say new. We want to give the value of that person's background, the value of their skill, their communication. We want to really insert that throughout the conversation rather than saying uh, something that is going to raise the flag or um, maybe not
0: transfer that trust the way we want. So, so Terry, we have a little bit of time left. I do want to touch on one more issue, which is going to affect a lot of different people. Um, And basically what that is, is maybe we're not buying a practice, but we are um, associating. I'm sorry, we're bringing in an associate. So we're really busy. The practice, we're killing it. Everything is great. Uh, It's wonderful, and we're so busy, we're booked out four to six weeks. Now we've decided to bring in an associate. Okay, so mm-hmm. now Dr. Smith is just gonna be a little less available, or maybe Dr. Smith is cutting back a little bit and the associate is bringing in uh, new stuff. So how are the verbal skills when the patient calls in and and Dr. Smith has been there for 30 years? Well, you know, we, we can't get, he doesn't have an appointment until July, but we, can, we have Dr. Wiederman who just joined our pride. Walk through those verbal skills.
1: Right. And, and this happens often. Oh, yeah. So, uh, some of the things that, again, we try to avoid are, are some of those negatives. We can't. Um, we don't. Uh, so mainly, we, we can't get you to see Dr. Wiederman. We don't have Dr. Wiedermann available. And what we do say is, I'm really excited to uh, give you an opportunity to come in next week let me share a little bit about Dr. McAveney. Dr. McAveney has been brought in uh, to see some of the patients, obviously, uh, since Dr. Riederman is limiting some of his time in the practice. So it's very exciting because we've spent a lot of time getting to know them and the patients that have already seen Dr. McAveney have been absolutely thrilled. So I'd love for you to have the opportunity to uh, see Dr. McAveney next week. So it's kind of coming from, again, that it's almost a sell, so to speak, but positive it's influence and and yeah and and we, if they say well i'm I'm concerned about you know tell me a little bit about their experience, not everybody's going to do that, you know only the the personality types the one all the details might go into that, but um and that's a whole nother conversation about personality types, that quite honestly, you're not going to usually get that generally speaking, you can endorse that doctor if you know enough about the doctor, you feel confident in that doctor, and then you share testimonials. Now, when I say, oh, let me share what this doctor, you know, has has done for the practice, or let me share what the patient's done. I like to always use examples of testimonials from other patients, because they know if you say, they like to say, oh, well, that's your job to tell me that that person's great. Well, you know, of course, I might have a biased opinion, you might say, let me share what what our patients have said about Dr. McAvenny. Um, you'll find that Dr. McAvenny is extremely kind, fantastic. Uh, skill set, of course, is, is the same. We, we wanted to bring another doctor in that's going to share that same philosophy. So I think it's more about just, again, pushing that endorsement out, and that really will bring back any of the concerns because we're getting that trust transfer in there. And and one of the things I always say, whether it's a transition or any other um, situation like this, is we always say, you know what, Dr. Wiedermann would never bring a doctor in here if he wasn't absolutely certain that, you know, he or she is going to provide the same quality of care.
0: So
1: that goes a long
0: way. And folks, it comes back to this entire podcast series that I've done when I'm dealing with management issues you know, it's all about verbal skills and how you present something. And this has been a text textbook course. Again, I would encourage you to listen to this one several times, this podcast, because, and and have your front office team and your entire team uh, listen to it. Last couple of minutes, Terry. So let's say we have a perfect situation. Doctor tells the dental team a week or 10 days in advance that, that he or she is selling and there's going to be Um, a a buyer and they meet the buyer. What other than the training of the verbal skills, which we just talked about, what else do you like to see before the, the new doctor takes over and starts seeing patients?
1: Right. Well, two huge key factors in any transition, it's patient retention and team engagement. Okay. Um, that's probably the most important aspect of a transition, because as we know, the I mean, industry standard says we don't want to lose 10% of the patients. That's kind of industry standard. It doesn't happen if you prepare. So the value just there and retention of your patients is huge. So outside of the verbal skills, it's a matter of making sure you're prepared for your business transition, making sure that the team is onboarded so you don't go in there with crossing your fingers and no plan. Um, Planning the transition is absolutely the best thing for a doctor to do. Uh, In that planning comes insurance credentialing. You know, that takes a a lot of time. There's a process involved in that. Um, Onboarding the team, I do not minimize that. I think especially today with so many labor laws changing and so many things involved, there's a whole HR component um, that I actually outsource that I really highly recommend. But the team is going to be uh, understanding that we've got a leader coming in here. If the team is onboarded properly and there's a plan, there's clarity, there's uh, job descriptions that are reviewed so that the buying doctor comes in and knows exactly what's going on. We don't try to reinvent the wheel with the systems, even though in the due diligence process, that's all pre-closing that you broached on. I'm looking at the systems, the condition of the systems. We get to that, but most Important aspect of that is to make sure that we have a plan moving forward for the patient retention and the team engagement, which also translates to um, team retention. So, if you've got your team, your support team on board, you're ready to roll, they, say, they see that you have a plan and you're not winging it because, in the absence of leadership, somebody's going to step in. And so, what I don't like to see is a, a team member trying to step in into an unknown territory. Um, so, this is why all of the pre-planning aspects of transition is absolutely key to, to success.
0: Yeah, I so mean, things Things like, Terry, I mean, as simple as sitting down and, and asking the doctor, so, doctor, how many times a year do you want to check a patient? And how much time do you need for a two-surface uh, composite restoration? How much time do you need for a crown prep? I mean, the the, the new... The team doesn't know any of this, and then you get into the first week, and they schedule an hour for a crown prep, and that doctor says, oh, "I do crowns in thirteen minutes." I mean, we got them all over the place, so it's it's it, it's crazy about that. So, Terry McEvaney, you are a, a, you you have an amazing breadth of knowledge, not only as just an advisor and a coach uh, on an ongoing basis for practices, but obviously the verbal skills, and I think verbal skills are so so important in success because if we get 40 new patients a month and the front office person can't get them in the door, I'm wasting my marketing money and my practice is gonna die so if you guys have uh, are bringing on an associate if, if someone is buying a practice or if you're having trouble in your practice and you're you're not able to get new patients to get in the door, I would strongly urge you to give Terry a call and just kind of talk to her on the phone about your your struggles and 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 Terry, you've done this for like me for thirty five years. You've seen everything, and so again, one more time, go ahead and give out your contact information uh, so how people can get a hold of you.
1: Sure, uh, thank you. Uh, my cell phone number seven six zero nine seven five eight seven seven zero. Two websites: Mac. Concept Terry T-E-R-I at Macconcepts.com and that's M-A-K-C-O-N-C-E-P-T-S dot com. And then Terry T-E-R-I at smartstarttransition.com
0: Fantastic. Terry, thank you so much for your time and your expertise. And I, I love getting up on the stage with you because you and I interact really well and we joke and we have fun. And and one of the reasons that Terry is on my podcast is because she laughs at my jokes. Because anybody that doesn't laugh at my jokes does not get on my podcast. It's that simple. So
1: <laughs> I know. I always I'm a great audience.
0: You are. You're, 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 the best. You're, you're the best audience. So ladies and gentlemen, thank you for the thank you for the privilege of your time. And let me give you our information one more time. If you need to reach me at my office in Tustin, California, I'm at 714-259-0505. Send me an email at artwiederman at gmail.com. We've gotten some great, great emails, a couple of really good suggestions, which I'm actually going to use for future podcasts. Um, Look on our website, www.hmwccpa.com. Look at the uh, resources tab. Look at the podcast tab. You'll see Terry's podcast and her picture and all of the information about all of our podcasts. And if you're looking for a dental-specific CPA anywhere in the United States, I'm in Southern California. Uh, Call me. Uh, We're north of San Diego. We have a wonderful member firm in San Diego, but I am I cover most all of the rest of Southern California. Um, And go onto the ADCPA's website at www.adcpa.org dot com org, and please, if you're not working with a dental-specific CPA, you should really talk to one. Uh, I guarantee you, you will get so much more uh, out of that relationship from our member firms. Terry, thanks again so much for your your time and your expertise.
1: Oh, it's a pleasure. And Art, I actually made an error. I'm so sorry. It's trying to uh, pipe in here. Harry SmartstartDental.com. I think I said transitions. Okay. I appreciate this and it's been it's been great fun. Thank you so much for the opportunity.
0: My my pleasure. Ladies and gentlemen, that is it for this edition of the Art of Dental Finance with Art Wiederman, CPA. Thank you for listening. Please write a review. Please tell all your friends about our podcast. It is growing. Uh, Like I, I, in my wildest dreams, I never thought we'd have as many listeners as we do now. And I'm very excited about it. Please tell your friends and we'll see you next time. Bye-bye.